Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner, featuring Jack and Andre. <laughs> FBI Radio. Hello, Jack and Andre, Film Lords, joining me here on Mornings. How's it going today? Bonjour. So good. Bonjour. 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 We are speaking French because we have a French filmmaker speaking to us in an interview today. Gaspar Noé. Gaspar Noé is coming in. That's and right. I'm speaking French because I'm sick for the third week in a row. You are sounding very French. Oh my oh, god, no. are we in Le Divorce? Don't say that, Andre. That's a bad sign. So <laughs> Frenchy, so sick. So mm. Frenchy, so chic and sick. Mm. Also, just got back from Melbourne, went to an insane festival, which was like all about DIY filmmaking, resourceful cinema, dead-end film festival. Okay, which just brag. Just reminds... Everyone to make a film. Just go and make a film yourself. Go and make a film. Ava DuVernay said it in Time Magazine. Grab a camera, make a film. We're sort of talking about Climax today and uh, also just everything, really, in the world of cinema. What's the Actor Awards tonight? Um, Oh. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Anyway. Let's let's, let's just warm (laughs) up Not give too much away. Let's keep them edging. I will say this, though. There may or may not be double passes to go see Climax. Totally. I think the they show. may. Stick around. Uh, we've had one text in that you might be able to decipher for me, film lords. It goes like this. The beginning of Working Girl. I assume that's a movie. When Let the River Run plays as Tess is travelling to Manhattan on the Staten Island Ferry and a camera pans around to the Statue of Liberty and the Hudson River before focusing on the big city and zooming into Tess on that ferry, I can't help but climax with excitement at the possibilities and ambition of <gasps> Tess's future in that moment. That's fantastic. <gasps> That's fantastic. Fun fact for you all, yeah. uh, Working Girl was directed by Mike Nichols, who started the improvisational group which led to Saturday Night Live. Isn't that crazy? Insane. Love Melanie Griffith. And One of I, the most insane filmmakers started Saturday Night Live. I guess we were going to ask all of our listeners and all of our fans and everyone who wants to be outraged by Gaspar Noé's new film, Climax, what film makes you climax and why? Totally. That's such a good call out. It actually is, because climax things should just be frustrating, I think, like most of Gaspar Noé's films. The text line is 0409 Strictly Ballroom made me climax, says another texter, when Tina Sparkle did a whirl and twirl in that gorgeous fishtail sparkle dressage. Is that Al Jol? Amazing. (laughs) I can smell Al Jol on the Strictly Ballroom text in. Little shout out to Al Jol. Your opinions are littering my reviews. Thank you. My question is, anyone coming back from Subsonic, did you climax this weekend? Actually, Subsonic, Gaspanoe, what's the difference? Who knows? Let's get into movie news. Movie news. Sundance Film Festival, which is basically the Coachella of film festivals that happens in Utah every year, is boasting a record number of Australian film premieres next January. We've got six films. Six films. Real quick, we've got Animals, Judy and Punch, Little Monsters, Top End Wedding, and I Am Mother. We've got a Mia Wajikowska film. We've got a film by Adelaidean director. 52 Help. Tuesdays director. Sophie, Sophie Hyde. Sophie Hyde, that's the one. Uh, starring Alia Shawcat. It's a Scottish film, I think. A that's co-production. Right. Top End Wedding with Miranda Tapsell by Wayne Blair. Up in Arnhem Land. Jack famously hates Alia Shawkat, even though I think she's a gem. I don't hate her at all. You're right, I'm being she's shady. Just a bit I'm sorry. PG. Sundance Film Festival is happening next January. It's a load of fun. It's in the snow, and it should be very, very nice. But what else is at Sundance well, this year? The Nightingale by Jennifer Kent is gonna and and Punch and Judy and Little. Oh, and also FK Twigs and Shia LaBeouf's like a debut romance starting sort of um, collab. Honey Boy is going to be playing, which seems to be this amazing film directed by the director of Bombay Beach, which was this like weird hybrid documentary that went off. She's directed a bunch of Sigur Ross videos. I thought it was Shia LaBeouf starring. Well, debut. he wrote it okay. and he's starring in it, and mm-hmm. it's 
semi-autobiographical, but FK Twigs is also in it, and I'm really excited. Can't wait to see a shout-out to Evan Stevens. Just while we're on crossovers, I teased a crossover between uh, what does Lenny Kravitz have to do with Harry Potter, but we might have struck, stroked... But we can add, but we can we add can some comment on that from the record. Yeah. Comment. So Lenny Kravitz's daughter, Zoe Kravitz, is in, in the Harry, new Harry Potter. Potter, which I, you probably don't know because no one's going to see it. Yeah, but she's the star achievement of that whole film. I think she's in it for the only. Th- she's in it for the film, but then she gets killed off. Sorry for the spoilers. So we can't expect much from her in the future films. But she's amazing in it. I think. I think she's amazing, and we were going to review it, but thanks to a person with the initials of JD, we just decided not to. We mm-hmm. just decided to stay away. But honestly. I loved it. I also think that Zoe Kravitz's British accent is on point. Very Hermione Granger. Now, in Marvel news, what's yes. happening with Spider-Man? So, if anyone's on WikiLeaks, like no one is, you would have known that Sony has leaked or leaked some emails that... Two out- years ago. Two years ago that outlined... <laughs> what- that they were going to make a cartoon version of Spider-Man. No, 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 it wasn't that. It was uh, it was the legal and licensing agreements about what Spider-Man could oh, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a set of rules about what Spider-Man could be. So, Spider-Man had to be Caucasian, had to be heterosexual, had to be a certain age, had to be called Parker... What's his name? Parker Posey. Not Parker Posey, but whatever Spider-Man's name. It was all these rules about what Spider-Man had to be, but in A Twist of Fate, the new Spider-Man tends to break those rules. It's animated, it has a black lead character, and it just seems freaking awesome. And it has a Stan Lee cameo, Natasha Lyons in it, Catherine Hahn plays Doc Ock, which I'm excited to see. So keen. And it has the most ever animators, I think, on a film, or maybe just a Sony film. There's like 142 animators made this film, which is kind of bonkers, because it looks a little bit like B-grade, It looks B-grade, but it's got a huge budget, $90 million, and it's basically middle-fingering Sony, which I'm into. I think it's made by Sony. I don't think it's middle-fingering Sony. It's middle-fingering the rules that the Sony rules laid that Sony out. created. But there's also a cameo from Stanley who just died, so it'll be his first posthumous cameo. And Do you also the introduction to Post Malone's uh, voice acting career. Oh my god, it's true. Post Malone and Nicki Minaj have contributed to this, so no matter what side you're on, you'll have an opinion. There we go. Now, if you, we're about to get into two reviews, but before we do, we want you to text in what film makes you climax and why if you'd like to win a double pass to go see Gaspar Noé's new movie, Climax, which we're going to be having a chat about later in the show. Cienzo, you say, Dear Film Lords, Stoker makes me climax. Oh, I thought, whoa, yeah. I, thought, I love that. I thought Zoe's acting was pretty average in Fantastic Beasts, TBH, but she did look amazing from Cienzo. Thank you, Cienzo. Love Stoker. 0409-945-945. What film makes you climax and why? If you'd like a double pass to go see Gaspar Noe's new film, Climax. This is Hawa. I'm safe. Language warning. Two reviews when we come back. Movies, movies, movies. Here on mornings. Two reviews. One review. And then, and then another review. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two on a Monday morning. We like to talk all things cinema, film and movies. Jack and Andre are about to give us two reviews of hot movies that are out right now and why you should slash should not see them or maybe why you should see them because they're so bad they're good. But before we do, you're texting in what movies make you climax because you want to go see Gaspar Noe's film so badly on 0409 945 945. Stephen in Bondi, you say, Shoplifters made me climax recently. Uh, Ghosts of so many Japanese cinema greats. Whoa, I never thought that that movie would make you climax. Such a sad drama, but love that. Yeah, and love climaxing from Ghosts. And someone else says, call me a freak. 
but I climax every time I watch Barbara Streisand sing Don't Rain on My Parade in Hello, Dolly. You freak. Mm. You freak. I love you that. freaky. Love All right. That. Well, we actually also got another one. Um, someone noting that we did not pick up on the other film news uh-huh. in movie news about Ariana Grande's Thank You Next uh, music video yes. surpassing the previous record holder for the most YouTube views in 24 hours. Thank it's now next. up to 81 Million. Million? Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. But Starring one of the best actresses of all time, Jennifer Coolidge. And Ariana Grande, who's uh, a hilarious actress. Who's amazing and hilarious. Yes, yeah. thank you. Next, a postmodern masterpiece, a self-referential film Lord Latin video clip. Just a Bible for our times. I also like Chris Jenner playing Amy Poehler's character. But it made me realise how much I love Amy Poehler and how much I don't like Chris Jenner. And it's not a real <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, it's a look-alike Lindsay Lohan. Yes. So we think. Oh, it's insane, though. It's uncanny. Yes, Let's dive into my... Oh, you go, you go. You've got the perfect, you've got the perfect follow-up to thank you Follow-up is The Princess Switch. Maria, are you listening? We are reviewing an Amanda Bynes loving film because as Amanda Bynes studies at the LA Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising before a comeback, as Lindsay Lohan live streams her child kidnapping in Russia, in a world where you can buy Chloe Sevigny's clothes on the internet, it's safe to say the web has offered us many presents. But this Christmas, don't chuck out your receipt for The Princess Switch, a Netflix film that makes a new level of Christmas crapcore look so bad on a $15 budget. Crapcore, I like that. Vanessa Hudgens plays a baker who's invited to a baking competition in made-up country Grignania. She'll fly <laughs> over there, parent trapped with Grignania's princess with a British accent and a heel upgrade. Basically, the princess switch inspires us to think, how did this even get made when it should have just been funny, I think. And if this movie shows anything, it's that spring break isn't forever because Vanessa Hudgens has lost any of her remaining edge. Jack, am I being too harsh or is this just like such a dud movie no it's so sad it's been it's like being locked in like a big beige house and mm. every single plant is boring it's i like, don't know why every plant is boring it was like watching daytime tv but in a film like i felt like i was watching an interview between demi lovato and ellen and i like demi lovato i know but it was it definitely wasn't the voice Mm-mm, not no. all so that is the princess switch your review andre mm. in a word in a word switch to a different movie yeah, Stale Lamington. Mm. Well, it's on Netflix, so you can do that easily enough. Yeah, you can switch that up. Jack, truly. what will you be reviewing today? I'm going to be reviewing Sorry to Bother You, which is uh, a new film about a broke young black telemarketer played by Lakeith Stanfield, who realises that if he speaks with David Cross's white as bread voice, he'll get more sales and get promoted. But that will put him at odds with the revolutionary union he's supposed to be striking with, which is genius. But what happens next is like if a hip high school drama teacher obsessed with absurdism decided to explain the trappings of the modern racist neoliberal paradigm with rubber horse masks. First time director Boots Riley should be sorry to bother you because he wastes one of the best film premises of the year. If you love Black Mirror and Atlanta, you might love this and probably soak up the important anti-capitalist message at its heart. But if your tolerance has waned for self-congratulatory issue-based anti-comedies about topics that you're already on side with, starring frustratingly boring leading men without any real women in sight, then maybe skip this one. For every inventive Michelle Gondry ripoff or incisive detail outlining the injustice of labour, there's also some meaningless 90s existentialism or the undercooked moralistic love triangle derailing the film. The only person who lands a joke in this film is Kate Berlant, and I get the impression she was improvising. 
on the heart and soul of this film are in the right place and it's so like inventive and creative but I found it so so exhausting and maybe it's because I just can't latch onto movies about bros anymore oh Jack I think you're being so unfair with this film I was so on board with this and I think this is maybe the most mm. infamous disagreement that we've had because I love this movie you love this film I thought this movie was dope. I'm just defended I I mean what can I say I'm a huge supporter of being John Malkovich and this film has some serious Charlie Kaufman vibes and Yes, I see what you mean in that it is about just this lonely straight guy who just kind of doesn't really have a personality and enters this like abstract mindscape where capitalism, existentialism and moral packaging is like twirling around in his head and the, f- and the third act is just completely bonkers and imaginary. But I thought it was kind of bold, to be honest, and it I was on board. Like, it just felt like something that in like 20 years' time Dendy's going to think is really cool to put on like a cult Tuesday night. Yeah, and I watched those movies and I loved them. <laughs> okay. Very much like Spring okay. Breakers. <laughs> it seems like the two of you today are at opposite ends of the spectrum. One's trying to be mass appeal and one's trying to be kind of like edgy and niche. Yeah, yeah, that's totally So yeah. which would you rather see? I think, Jack, you're seeing pretentiousness that doesn't exist in Boots Riley's film. I'd rather go see Boots Riley. I could see that again, to be honest, because Kate Berlant is fantastic. Kate Berlant is fantastic. In a word, I call it brochalist. Brochalist. Uh, I'm just going to call it interesting. That's the review of Sorry to Bother You. And uh, The Princess Switch, of course. They're going to be up on the Movies, Movies, Movies Instagram. You can check it out at movies underscore movies underscore movies underscore. (laughs) Yeah. When we come back, we're going to listen to the Film Lords chat with Gaspar Noé, the uh, extremist French uh, filmmaker who's famous for the DMT starter pack movie, Enter the Void. Is it Into or Enter? Enter. Enter And that's what it is, a DMT starter pack. That's what it is. And uh, he's recently put out an acid horror nightmare film, Mm. which I think is spookily based on real events. I don't know. Mm. I saw it and I freaked out for weeks afterwards. I saw people leave the cinema. You can go and do the same thing with the double passes we've got to give away. All you've got to do is text in what film makes you climax and why, and you'll be heading along with a mate. So while we get that interview ready for you, here's a song from LFO. It's Freak. This is going to make you 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 freak.
You're listening to Movies, Movies, Movies. I'm joined by Jack and Andre right now. Jack, Andre, how are we feeling? Uh, excited, energized. Warmed up, nervous. Freaky dicky. We're about to play uh, your chat with Gaspar Noe. Now, this is a filmmaker that isn't without some... Problems. Problems. Difficulties, <laughs> yeah. First up, if you don't mind, I have to do a okay. shout out oh, no, to my year 12 media teacher who introduced me to Gaspar Noe, Emilia Ghirardello, my cinematic vision in the shape of a person. She's the reason why we're here. That's all I had to say. Back to Gaspar Noe. Yes, he has spurred a lot of debate. He's a provocateur, if there ever was one. And we were just saying before that we are convinced, or at least I am, that it's because he's European and maybe isn't in dialogue with a lot of the issues that maybe Australian filmmakers are. Uh, because uh, he's probably stuck in a small little French bubble. But that's just me. But I... I don't don't know. know. He liked to talk in the interview, which there's a longer interview, which we're going to put up online, but this is just a short little excerpt of some of the juiciest questions because he was very slow talking. But he basically talked about how this film has probably the, like, in terms of representation, it has a lot of people of colour. It has queer characters. Mm. But for me, I think that they, he talks about this reptilian brain concept that the film is about what happens when you strip everything away. Everyone's spiked with acid and they turn into their carnal selves. But for me, it just felt like a stereotype. Like, all of the characters, yes, they're like on this other wavelength, but they just seem to be like, I don't understand why the black guys had to be predators. I don't know why the women all had to be maternal and pathetic. I don't understand why the gay guy just had to be like a twink who could push over, like, and all of the men had to become predatory rapists. Like, I don't understand why that... That doesn't sound reptilian to me. That That sounds, like, mammalian and racist. And if you're making a film that's so boundary-pushing in terms of, like, the filmmaking, why can't the representation and the stereotypes just be, like, deleted? And challenged. And challenged, not deleted. But, like, I also, like, no one makes films as, like, visceral and as exciting as him, and it is evil. And it's also worth having these conversations. Like, I'm glad he makes these films so that we can have conversations, because it's not real life, and... I think you do have really interesting conversations after seeing it. And maybe Gaspar Noé is thinking these things, and maybe we, we yeah, just don't know. exactly. And his wife makes insane films. Like, if you ever get a chance to see Evolution, go and see it. Yeah. Let's get into the interview now. Sounds good. Here we go. Yo. If you couldn't dance, what would you do? Oh, you're so good. Thank you. Like I'm so happy. I couldn't be happier. <laughs> Andre, can you sit down? Hello? Hi, Gaspar. Hi. Hi, my name's Jack. And I'm Andre. Hello there. (laughs) We're film critics at FBI Radio, which is an independent station in Sydney, and we also make gay porn, so we're psyched to talk to you. How do you build trust with the people that you work with? Uh, It's instinctive. For example, for this uh, movie, I probably met 50 dancers. Uh, no, so some were recommended by the dancers themselves. Oh, you have to meet this guy. Most of them, I met them in Paris. And uh, I have a very instinctive approach. You can tell who's going to be funny on set. You can tell, oh, of course, watching the videos, you can know who's a great dancer or not. But then uh, who would be interested in playing the game of this movie? Lee Winnell, who created the Saw horror films, said to us that horror people are happy people and comedians or comedic filmmakers are the ones that have all the deep-seated problems. And we're just curious about what type of person you are, I guess. I try to be uh, as communist in the good sense of the word, not in the bad sense of the word. On the, um, on the set, I try to, to leave the space open for all the members of the crew, especially the ones who are in front of the camera. Yeah, I'm not dominant and... 
if I ever did drugs, it was not while shooting because when you're shooting, you also have to be very clean. Uh, you, you better not be drunk. You, you, uh, yeah, you better create the best mood on the set, uh, so everybody feels comfortable and everybody uh, does his best. I so, feel like so, it so feels like you're watching through like through a window when you see some of those people that are just talking because you can feel them improvising and having so much fun with it. Yeah, uh, for for those scenes, uh, uh, I told them to come two by two or by three um, in front of uh, my camera. And uh, I said, well, no, I'm going to be shooting you for 20 minutes. Uh, you're talking about the other members of the of the group or about the flag or about whatever you want. And uh, you have 20 minutes to just improvise and make it fun or sad. Something that I, that I pick up watching your films is uh, that there's a lot of male genitalia in it. And it almost seems like not that many people show penises on screen. But that's something that you've kind of embraced. I don't know. You know every day I see my own penis. I'm never shocked. So I don't see why people would be shocked by it. But genitalia, it's just that uh, I'm shocked by how conservative the film industry is when it comes to nudity, whether it's female or male nudity, and it's turning worse and worse. Uh, you can put machine guns and, and knives full of blood in any movie, but you cannot show uh, a penis whether it's erected or not. Uh, there's been uh, statues in parks for centuries of men who were naked or of women who are naked, and now you know, nipples are banned from main social networks. That means we're going back in time. We're not going forward. With all these things damned, I guess we're wondering your film's called Climax, and what still makes you Climax, Gaspar? Uh, lots of things, but uh, when people ask me in this movie which part, is, uh, which scene is the climax of the movie, I say, no, the whole movie is the climax. Like the, in the first half, the, it's, like, uh, it's a constructed climax, and the second half... Is there anything in the real world that's made you climax recently? What was my life's climax? Making movies is climatic when, when you, you spend like one month, two months, one year shooting a movie and then finally you show it in a big audience and for 90 minutes people don't talk and they're all watching the same movie together like if it was like an induced dream watching all these people scream or... <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for speaking with us, Gaspar. Cool. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. Wow, there we go, Gaspar Noé, director of Climax. And we also have an extended version of that interview that's going to appear on the FBI website with a chunky 15 minutes extra. He's so, like disarmingly chill and sweet, isn't he? Yeah. For someone who makes like a lot of money off depicting graphic rape scenes. Truly, truly. Anyway, would you say go see Climax? 100%. Yeah, 100%, 100%. With like a full knowledge of what's involved. So like, don't go if you're feeling sensitive. But I if thought you're... it was going to be sort of this sexy party playful <laughs> movie. And I took, her, uh, took a good girlfriend of mine along who likes more sort of normcore films. And uh, yeah, we were just... We had to sit in the cinema for 20 minutes afterwards just <laughs> phoning our mums and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Writing town resolutions. It's dramatic. Yeah. Holding each other. Finishing the wine that we snuck in. And, <laughs> and this is probably his most chill film as uh, well. People so are saying far. that. It's his most easygoing film. It's his film. most like, accessible. Anyway, we have double passes, so keep your texts coming in. What makes you climax in cinema and why? I mean, which movie? Thank you to everyone who's already messaged us. We'll be uh, looking you up in our database to see if you are an FBI supporter, and if so, we'll get in touch as to how we can get you your double pass. Thank you so much to Jack and Andre, my film lords, for bringing us movies, movies, movies. Thank, Thank you, you so much Always for having us. You're such a pro. You're listening to FBI Radio 94.5. This is Harvey Sutherland. I can see you're listening to Mornings. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.